In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When a day came for them to be purified as laid down by the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, observing what stands written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male must be consecrated to the Lord and also to offer in sacrifice in accordance with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now in Jerusalem, there was a man named Simeon. He was an upright and devout man. He looked forward to Israel's comforting, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had set eyes on the Christ of the Lord. Prompted by the Spirit, he came to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the law required, he took him into his arms and blessed God, and he said, now, Master, you can let your servants go in peace, just as you promised, because my eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared for all the nations to see, a light to enlighten the pagans, and the glory of your people Israel. As the child's father and mother stood there wondering at the things that were being said about him, Simon blessed them and said to Mary in his mother, you see this child, he is destined for the fall and for the rising of many in Israel, destined to be a sign that is rejected, and a sword will pierce your own soul too, so that the secret thoughts of many may be laid bare. The Gospel of the Law One of the great gifts of good poets is the capacity to say well-known truths in ways that make them ring and reverberate with fresh peals of piercing clarity. In a sense, the task of a poet is not to say anything new, not to push the boundaries of human knowledge by breaking new intellectual ground or coming with some original idea. His task, much like the preacher's, is rather to say all things newly, to imbue the same old story the stable and reliable truth with a newness and liveliness that strikes a note of liberating delight or courage or hope in a, pious, in a poem's hearers. And so this is what old Simeon does. Simeon bursts into a new song as soon as he meets the promised Messiah and his parents in the temple. It is a new song not because it contains an original melody, nor lyrics there are novel. It is new because he has imbued the desires and expectations of the prophets and his people with the joy of an answer. We will no longer desire God as if he were absent. Our redemption is no longer a question of pursuit, but of surrender to him, who is always and everywhere present. The anxiety of the waiting has now given way to a sense of peace because the Messiah has finally arrived. 
our season of Advent has given way to the season of Christmas. Our longing and waiting have now been replaced with rejoicing. We can now see what our ancestors longed to see. God is no longer absent. God has become man, a man whom we can see with our eyes, who can look upon and touch with our hands. God is not some place else, something sometime else with someone else. God is not in the past in those golden days of all. God is not in the future in some imagined utopian paradise. God is here, now, with you as you are, far more present to you than you are present to yourself. The desire of nations whom you already possess more intimately than you possess the most intimate things of your soul. He's calling you to depart from your own anxiety into his peace because our eyes have seen the salvation which he has prepared for all the nations to see, a light to enlighten the pagans and the glory of your people, Israel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.